On this week's Jeep Talk Show, we hear about the most expensive Jeep recovery ever, over 48 grand. The Jeep Renegade is getting some aftermarket support with a one and a half lift kit from Daystar. And I tell you about my trip to Rouse Creek to wheel the Clayton Jeep. We play some of your voicemails. We hear from the mind of Nikki G. And Cody from Trailchasers.net gives us some tips about playing with your junk. We announce the winners of our 200th episode giveaways. We introduce a new tech segment to the show and answer your questions. Tony talks about sway bar adjustment. I talk about my throttle body project. And Tammy lets us know about our new armor. All coming up on the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. Well, on October 26th, the internet broke because <laughs> of a Jeep. Okay, well, not exactly, but there was a huge internet uproar last week when a guy who got his Jeep stuck was stuck with a tow bill of nearly 50 grand. Look, I, I know I speak for a lot of us when I say I've gotten my fair share of vehicles stuck beyond belief in all sorts of places, but recovery was always an option. Not so much for a Walpole, Massachusetts man by the name of Joel Raymer. He and his girlfriend took the Jeep off-roading in Walpole a couple weeks back and eventually found themselves in a bit of a mud pit, deeper and nastier than the Jeep Cherokee could handle, high-centered and beyond axle-deep. Walpole police responded along with Assured Collision Towing Company to tow it all out. It took 12 hours to pull the SUV out of the mud pit. That's pretty long for recovery, and I've been a part of some pretty nasty ones. And I should know, I've been on both sides of the winch line more times than I can count. But instead of being able to drive his Jeep back home, well, Raymer doesn't know if he'll be able to even get to afford his vehicle back at all. You see, when he went to pick up the vehicle from Assured Collision, he was informed that there was some damage done to the vehicle, but no details were given. And there's red flag number one. He was also informed that the bill was $48,000. <laughs> Big red flag number two. <laughs> Obviously, there's got to be some sort of mistake, right? In addition to getting the vehicle stuck, he also got arrested and cited Jeez. for trespassing and disturbing the peace. Raymer says he was unknowingly off-roading on private property that belongs to a utility company. Raymer also claims that his Jeep is now completely totaled after the mud pit and the tow. Apparently, the unibody is broken. At least one leaf spring is broken, and the drive shaft is in multiple pieces. Yep, that would just about do it, especially to an early Model XJ. Raymer obtained the itemized, itemized bill that had been submitted to his insurance. Assured Collision billed him sixteen grand for an on-scene supervisor at a whopping rate of $1,250 an hour. Oh, I think somebody forgot how to correctly place the decimal point, Mr. $1,250 an hour. He is being charged more than $10,000 for an off-road recovery incident response unit. There's also a $5,000 fee for dangerous condition liability insurance. All the equipment and manpower totaled to a whopping $48,835 for the 12-hour job. The owner of Assured Collision said that his seven-man team was in dangerous conditions due to the proximity to power lines. He said it was a hazmat situation, and all the fees reflect the industry standard. Now, look, in the pictures that I've seen online, there are no power lines that, that even come close to what would cause elevation and risk whatsoever. What I do see, however, is a power line road off in the background. That would have been the perfect access route for a boy wanting to off-road but not having a dedicated, dedicated place to do so. 
Power line road plus showing off for the girl plus solo run equals stuck and broke. Hence why I always say tread lightly and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Assured Collision is negotiating with Rambert's insurance company in regards to the damage. He cited several issues with a Jeep he believes existed prior to the tow. Rambert claims his insurance company is not paying anything towards the tow, so the Jeep remains at Assured Collision. One day after the story hit the web, the Statewide Towing Association released a statement saying, Although Statewide Towing Association <laughs> has not had a chance to review the actual invoice, the rates quoted in the news article appear to be significantly in excess of the industry standard. <laughs> you think? <laughs> uh. While Assured Collision charged $1,250 an hour for an on-site supervisor, the association, however, says the industry average is actually between 175 to 325 an hour, and that's on the high side. The association also says they have never heard of dangerous condition liability insurance, which Raymer was billed five grand for. They also line by line equipment. The line by line equipment should have been included with the trucks, but it was all billed separately. Assured Collision, however, stands behind their claim that they were in danger the entire time. They claim the photos. They claim the photos that provided by the owner do not accurately reflect <laughs> the dangerous conditions that their crew had to endure. The owner said the Jeep was basically in a swamp. They said the proximity to the power lines only increased the risk to the workers. Sure, yeah, maybe if one of them were stupid enough to down a massive transmission line, which would have taken some serious work, mind you, and I know we've got some linemen out there who would agree with me. Assured Collision's owner says that he has placed a lien on the Jeep after the fact. The week, the Massachusetts Department of, this week, the Massachusetts Department of Public Utilities has called Assured Collision for an informal hearing regarding failure to adhere to maximum rates and charges failure to file proof of insurance and fa failure to file in an, an annual financial form. Sounds like these guys are awfully dodgy. That hearing is scheduled to take place in November, and I, for one, hope this judge throws the book at them for trying to price gouge a jeeper who is just trying to have some fun and enjoy his jeep. A little something something for the littlest of jeeps. Now, we all know the new generation of the Cherokee has won best of off-road in its class <laughs> and a myriad of other recognitions. And there's one a short thing that has, bus included yeah. that takes, gets them to class. <laughs> one of the things that has remained true above all else is the complete lack of aftermarket support. Oh, sure, you can get mud flaps and I'm probably sure some more Easter eggs. And I think there's even some fancy running boards out there for the Ch new Cherokees. But Ooh, the fact uh -huh. of the matter is that if you want anything more rugged than a modular cargo system for the storage area, you're shelling out the big bucks for a small off-road package that is... The trail chicken, I mean, the trail hawk. <laughs> Renegade, however, has decided to, to step up and put on some big boy shorts. Well, in all actuality, it was Daystar that offered up the first genuine off-road component for the most recent Jeep lineup. For a reasonable $399, you can get yourself a completely 100% bolt-on 1.5-inch lift kit for the cute ute, which, I must say, put the Renegade to a much more respectable altitude all while giving the ability to run some bigger tires, thus giving the little shoebox a much-needed attitude adjustment as well. Listed as a 1.5-inch class lift, it actually nets you close to about 2 inches. As we all know, the much can be done with a budget boost and some bigger tires. And speaking of which, bolting on this kit in your driveway with some simple hand tools will give you the ability to go up a reported two full tire sizes. That ought to get you over that pesky curb in the mall parking lot. <laughs> hey, big thanks to all you guys out there who continue to help out by submitting stories to This Week in Jeep. If you've got something you think we should re be reporting on, or you have a response to any one of our stories, make sure to let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Now, I don't want anybody saying that the Jeep Talk Show isn't fair, 
And we reached out and uh, contacted Assured Collision, and uh, they gave us a pre-recorded statement that they would like to, you know, get to you so that you hear their side of the story. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you, you don't you don't say? Okay, well, that's very interesting. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, <laughs> at least forty-seven thousand of that uh, bill was legitimate. I mean, yeah, of course, bananas alone. Unbelievable, Josh. Just well, unbelievable. I mean, that Look, was obviously the, the kid was in an area he wasn't supposed to be, whether he knew it or not. That is his a sure. civil matter or a criminal matter. Exactly. Not <laughs> is not for yeah, it's it, the government needs to punish him financially not the people <laughs> towing company towing. And, and, and let me just understand something is there any possible way it would take you and somebody with another vehicle not even a tow vehicle just another jeep tow straps a couple of inches 12 hours i yeah. know that was ridiculous to get him out of there I mean, Look, I, I, I you have, could disassemble I've, the Jeep and move it into the dean's office in 12 hours. <laughs> I've got pictures of us rescuing an XJ with a budget boost on an icy hillside out of a ravine in the middle of winter. And my six-man crew, all with Jeeps, were able to get that thing out in a matter of a couple of hours. Yeah, of course. Now, it took a lot of rigging. It took a couple of snatch blocks, multiple winch lines, and a lot of people and even some back work digging and stuff like that. But we were able to make it happen. Now, look, I know that ice and snow is a far cry from swamp and mud. A lot different. Things slide, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, is that this was in a very precarious position, right on the edge of a ravine, on an icy slope. And if we made one wrong move, if we had guessed the angle of things wrong, or, or somebody didn't know what they were doing, that Jeep was going to go careening down the ravine, and this guy was going to have a very bad, no good day. So even with that, all that into consideration, we were still able to pull him out and get him back on the trail under his own power mm, after nice. just a couple of hours. And I think I want to say was it, there's a picture of this Jeep. I've got pictures, yeah. In yeah. The, I've got I, multiple pictures online on multiple sites of that whole rescue, in <laughs> fact. And, and uh, yeah, very, very interesting stuff there, guys. But uh, I, this is obviously somebody who maybe has a mean streak against Price people who gouging. go off-roading or something. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. In any case, this is some serious price gouging. And I would bet my bottom dollar that the owner of this company has done this sort of thing before. Yeah. Oh, obviously. And, and the thing that gets me is the damage. The, t the 12 hours of pulling it out, broken drive shaft, uh, uh, unibody was broken. This kid didn't do this getting it stuck. No, absolutely so not. Angry. Especially in the, in the pictures that we can see, it, it right. looks like he basically just kind of ran off the, the packed road part and got into some deep mud in yeah. a swampy right. area. Right. That doesn't you know? break anything. I mean, you... No, absolutely not. I guess what you I think could break a drive is, shaft if you were just hammering it, but you know, I, I doubt that very seriously. Yeah, the way that I that I see it is, you know, this the access point was from the rear of the vehicle. That's how they were able to get this thing out. That was the access to the incident scene. So they were pulling from the back of the vehicle. And I would bet that he didn't have any recovery points Problem. on the back of the vehicle. Yeah. So what that mean? That they had to wrap some cable around whatever they could, meaning holes through Shut. the unibody, um, around the axle. Leaf springs. Yeah. Leaf springs. You know, you kind of see where this is going. Yeah. This is obviously you know, Somebody who, who didn't have recovery points and got a, a wrecking crew out there who didn't know what they were doing.
and started just yanking on this poor little unibody Cherokee from any point that they could, yeah. doing a lot of damage. And at $1,250 of the supervisor per hour, you would you would expect more. You would think the guy would know what he's doing. <laughs> Good God. Well, I, I'll never call them. Right? No, nobody will. If ever again. <laughs> oh, just just an amazing story, Josh. Very, very nice. Uh, that was very enjoyable. Well, I do have to give credit. Um, I did not find that on my own. That actually came in from uh, some of our fans. I actually got that story from a few of you guys out there uh, because this be, this really was all over the internet. Facebook blew up over this whole story. It's been on multiple sites, multiple Jeep sites. It was all over xjtalk.com. Uh, and, and so, of course, I, I got emails from this left and right. So I, the credit has got to go to our beloved fans who are looking out for our best interest in, uh, in helping and sending us some stories. And once again, guys, if you got a story, send it to info at jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. Do you have a question or comment that you'd like to hear on the show? Just call 530-675-4102 any time of the day or night and leave it on our voicemail. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Hey, I recently tackled some black trails in a very special Jeep, and I'll tell you guys about it later in the show. Oh, I know what that's all about, and I cannot wait to hear about this. Hey, something you guys might want to hear about is a little something called the 4x4 Radio Network. Now, the Jeep Talk Show, the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer, which is all about Land Rovers, and the Muddy Microphone podcast, which is all about those ATVs, have joined forces and created a network. We've come together like Voltron, and we are taking over the internet. We'll be adding some more shows to line up soon, guys, and you can visit 4x4radionetwork.com and listen to all the great podcasts simply by pressing the play button. No doubt, no player to download, nothing to sign up for. It's all right there, right at your fingertips. There's no better place to get all your 4x4 information. That's the 4x4 Radio Network, www.4x4radionetwork.com. Voltron, can I say timely reference? Yeah, I know. I totally <laughs> dated myself there. <laughs> <laughs> I did that through age 14. So uh, let's get over to our voicemails and uh, hear what everybody has to say. Now, I will caution you. We do have a couple of late, uh, or at least one late, uh, happy 200th uh, voicemails, but I did not want to uh, leave those those folks out or, or leave this gentleman out. So uh, don't think you're listening to episode 200. You're just listening to a voicemail from 200. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hey, Jake Burns. This is your old buddy Dusty here. I figured I'd tag in and... Still, Jeep and Mama, thank you for riding around topless. You need to encourage all the good-looking women to give them a Jeep Wrangler right around topless. You know, them uh, convertibles <laughs> and teeth off are designed by a truck driver. And these yeah. roads get kind of boring. <laughs> Leg check, 73 feet up. Y'all keep between the ditches. Good day. Now, uh, Dusty so- sobered up a bit, and he called back. Hey, Jeep Freaks. This is Dusty again. I'm over stuck in traffic. And I wanted to apologize. That last little message might sound a little crude. <laughs> truth be known, Jeep Mama, when you bought your uh, Sahara, I bought my Jeep Sport shortly after. And then when you traded up for a Rubicon, my wallet started crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I thought about getting traded in and getting a Rubicon, but I can't talk myself into it. 
I'm wondering if I'd just better off put air lockers and slowly upgrade. Yeah, I think that's the best I guess I ain't never going to get past from day to 30 to something bigger. I don't know. What do y'all think about it? Hey, y'all have a safe. Keep playing ditches. Love the talk show. Y'all guys keep this world entertaining for us. Throughout. Later. Well, thank you, Dusty. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just the cheap person in me or, or what, but I would really lean towards getting a, uh, a, a basic, uh, Wrangler and then, uh, upgrading it. I mean, it doesn't make think, any sense. I think it's depends on your ability to do that on your own. For me, Very I didn't good. have the skill set to do that. Um, but I mean, I could have, kind of, I could have learned it eventually. There you go. I was going to say those kind of things can be learned. I'm, right. I'm one of those people that like turning a wrench. I enjoy vehicle modification and stuff like that. Now, sometimes it takes a little more motivation than normal to get me out in the garage and do that sort of stuff. But right. again, you know, if you are absolutely not technically or mechanically inclined whatsoever, you kind of don't have much of a choice. But if right. you got some hand tools and you got some will and you got some time to do some research, then by all means, start diving into that yourself. Figure out what direction you want to go and make the Jeep your own. The majority I was a little of, impatient. Yeah. And yeah, we all are yeah. Yeah. at some point. And money-wise, I'm able to, to put those so-called upgrades into my monthly payment, so to speak. Um, well, and there's always I Legos. guess I, I could have saved the money, but then I would have spent it. And well, let me, let me take, for example, now we don't have a JK. We have a TJ, 2003 TJ. Uh, we got it for 10,500 with 90,000 miles on it. And uh, if I was so inclined, I could spend uh, $5,000 and buy ready-made uh, Dana 44s with air lockers uh, with the, the, the setup properly for the TJ. All I have to do is unbolt the ones out of there and bolt these things in. I mean, it's not that easy, but it's not that difficult. Um, you probably get a different, uh, length, uh, drive shaft or two. And, uh, now I've got uh, $5,000 worth of axles that are, are going to be pretty much bulletproof and, and definitely, uh, lock with lockers built into it, air lockers, selectable lockers. And, you know, I'll ask, and I spent, what would that be? Uh, $11,500. No, that's well, about sure. the difference yeah, between my Sierra and my math. Rubicon. So, so, uh, well, I, I think that the, the Dana 44s with the air lockers and all the rest of that stuff are going to be better than the factory ones. Generally, you can get aftermarket is going to be stronger oh, and totally. better. So yes. I, I don't have any knowledge of that, but I mean, that's just generally the rule that I've, I've learned over the years. So, uh, and also too, this is the most critical thing for me. And I don't know, uh, Josh, you probably feel the same way, Tammy, maybe not so much you because you, you're just getting into t- turning the wrenches. It's important for me to understand how it all goes together. Oh, absolutely. If it, but that, that's if it the breaks, gearhead in I this. want to know. Well, it's just getting from point A to point B. If, if I'm driving a vehicle and, I'm, and it, it, something happens, I hear a noise, or I don't want to have to sit there and wait for AAA. I don't want to sit there and wait for some man that took the time to, to learn mechanicing so he can come help my little <laughs> bitch ass out. <laughs> I want to understand. I, I think before I got into my Jeep, I could have cared less about that stuff. But now that I'm getting into it and I'm using my Jeep for more than just, you know, driving around topless, I think that part of it interests me more now. Yeah. Yeah. Than um, before, for sure. 
And, and, and granted, very I am very much a, I want to know how it works kind of guy. Uh, I'm I'm not so much I want to put forth uh, a lot of work and effort into doing something, <laughs> but uh, I do want to know, have the the knowledge and and be able to do save the bucks if you if I want to save them. So uh, you know it's it's each his own, uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with with buying and wheeling, uh, and uh, um, you know God bless. It, the most important part is. Uh, having the Jeep and being out there and having fun with it uh, and how you get there. I'm not going to fault anybody for not, not turning the wrench on their Jeep. I'm not. Absolutely not. I, I just would fault myself. I just, because of my personal feelings about needing to know how, uh, you know, tab a goes into slot B. So, Hey, this is yep. a PG 13 show. <laughs> yes, um, to each his own, right? That's right. And Hey, speaking of voicemails, we picked our winners for our 200th episode giveaways. And, we'll, oh, and we're going to we're going to tease that because we got a couple of more voicemails that we're going to play here. And oh. uh well, Oh yeah, we got some we got some uh, some late additions to <laughs> oh, yeah, our sorry to about our that. Well That's all right. Gun. Good teaser. Hey guys, this is Joe. Hi, and Joe. I'm using your Hi. online uh, call-in thing. Speak. Uh it's called uh, Speak Pipe, I guess. And uh, I just wanted to uh, tell you that uh, we took, you know, my daughter's WJ out to an off-road race. And um, it's usually muddy and stuff, but it wasn't too bad. But when we got ready to leave, the traffic was horrible. And when I was leaving, you know, we were just sitting in traffic and I noticed uh, it was starting to heat up pretty bad. And I think it's due to an air bubble in there. And I was trying to, uh, you know, figure out how to get all the air bubbles out of there. And I, I'm not really sure. It just, I can't get all the air out of it. So I don't know if I've got a leak somewhere that gets air in it or what, but I keep filling up the little tank thing, but it doesn't seem to keep the air bubbles out. So I didn't know if you guys have ever ran into that or know anybody that's had that issue. So I didn't know, uh, any advice would be appreciated. I got to get, you know, figure that out some way and uh, go from there. So I hope everything's going great and you guys take care. Bye. When was the last time you changed the radiator in that uh, WJ Joe? Because that's the standard fix for 4.0s uh, is uh, about every three years on the, the maintenance crew at the Houston or the Harris County uh, 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 maintenance uh, maintenance group they'll uh, they change those radiators if the Cherokees start to heat up and I don't know if they have any anymore but when they start heating up they just change out the radiators because they silt up. You mean I, I just would, take uh, the whole radiator radiator and put a whole new one in? Yes. Oh. I, I would definitely uh, do some troubleshooting. I, I would look through the rest of the system. I would I would question yourself as to when the last time that that radiator where everything was flushed out you may um, have a blockage in the system you may have just ran out of uh, the the system's ability to to sink heat out of it because the the fluid's been in there for so long mm-hmm. um, the, if you do have a, a bubble in there there's a lot of tricks and stuff that you can do to kind of get the air up there and 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 around and stuff like that if that if there is air getting into the system somehow well you're going to be looking for a pinhole leak uh, especially in and around the heater core. That's typically where you're going to find uh, a leak in the system that that isn't very prevalent, uh, meaning you're not seeing green fluid in the driveway or you know in the garage or whatever, and it's not steaming out from underneath the hood. Uh, but you definitely want to keep an eye on the temps regardless. Sounds like you did a good job of that. Uh, but nonetheless, 
you may want to start delving into some more serious things, uh, like you know maybe start thinking of, uh, geez, did, is, is the head gasket starting to go out or something like that? Uh, if you even have a pinhole leak in a head gasket, it can cause overheating issues. So uh, I don't know which engine you have, whether you have the 4.7 Limited in there, uh, whether you have a 4-liter. Uh, I'm not sure which engine you have in there, so I can't direct you specifically into some areas to help you out. But, uh, but do some troubleshooting. Um, make sure the fans are working. Make sure your fluid is good. Make sure it's topped off. Make sure you don't have just water in there. And keep in mind that when you're, uh, when you're out playing, uh, the RPMs are up and you have four-wheel drive. The engine's working a lot harder. Um, and the temperature is going to come up a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, just make sure everything's working properly. And, and uh, worst case scenario, uh, you may have to start doing some diagnostic stuff and, well, maybe even swap out some parts. I don't want to scare the hell out of you, but there on the 4.0, there is a um, uh, freeze plug between the block and the transmission. <laughs> and uh, it can go bad and you can have a little seeping of um, the coolant and you probably would never see it depending on how, how, how much it's seeping out. So it really just depends on how often you're having to fill that little bottle. But if you're having to fill the bottle, I don't think you get a, a, an air bubble. I think you have a leak. So uh, good luck with that. Oh, and also, too, if you have the, the, the standard um, radiator with the plastic end caps, you could very easily have a cracked uh, plastic end cap that you may not be able to see. So like Josh said, uh, do a deeper and further investigation. Now, here's that uh, 200th episode congratulations that I promised you guys. So uh, let's hear from a different Joe congratulating us on our uh, 200th episode. Hey, guys. Just wanted to call in and wish you all luck tonight. I know it's your 200th episode. Uh, I've been following you guys. Uh, oh, I guess since I discovered you from, by following Tammy on <laughs> Google+. In any case, uh, I usually listen to the show the week after it gets posted and uh, usually on my way into work. So tonight's different. I'm going to actually try to catch your show live. So again, good luck and uh, have a great show. And hopefully uh, someday I'll see you guys out on the trail. Have a good one. Very good. Thanks for the uh, for the uh, email. Thanks for the voicemail, Joe. Appreciate <laughs> That's a great it. Great email. And hope you guys were. I hope you were able to uh, catch our our live broadcast for our two hundredth episode. God, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was yeah, that was, was one of the one of the funnest shows I, I think we have ever done. I know I had a blast, and I was man, I was on cloud nine uh, after that show. I it was I was the, the adrenaline was going. I was in a good mood. I was proud, and yeah, we need to do that more often. We need to did have more che- 200 Did your cheeks episodes. recover from all that oh smiling God. and laughing? <laughs> <laughs> the next day, I could feel it. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> I, I had such a good time during the show. I was smiling for like two hours straight, laughed my ass off multiple times. Uh, yeah, the next day, my cheeks were paying for it. Excellent. Yeah, we really appreciate the voicemails, guys. And uh, hopefully, we gave you some good advice. And Dusty, uh, let us know how, that, uh, how your, uh, your build on your uh, Wrangler comes along. All right, and Tammy, now, you were jumping the gun. Now it's time. Voicemails. <laughs> we picked our winners for our 200th episode giveaways. We sure did. We had, what, close to 30 voicemails yes. from you guys, yeah. all you who uh, decided to participate in our, in our uh, live uh, episode and, and wishing us well. And that's how you got into the running for some of our giveaway stuff. Now, uh, we, we have gone on at length about what we're giving away. And you guys all know already exactly what was, uh, what was at stake here and, and, and what we're giving away. So, here is the official list 
of who won what. Now these were picked by us. We we uh, we formed was, a committee and had a panel, and there was lots it was of discussion. Really hard. I think there was even a couple of people got fired or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But if uh, you if you think back to the the forties where they were making uh, movies about Congress working behind the doors, smoke filled rooms, lots mm. of cussing, drinking. Yeah, uh, that's that's exactly how this went. Right. So afterwards, right. we came up with uh, with a list, and we've got seven names, uh, seven and a half. We'll call it eight that uh, that are going to get a little something from us. So. Uh, tied for our final place, uh, we have Joe and Ron, uh, who are going to get some runner-up prizes, and we're going to dig some swag up to gift you guys. Uh, both pre-runner and XJ Jake are going to be getting a Jeep Wave sticker and a selfie stick. Uh, Jake, who's XJ Wheeler, is going to be getting himself a set of those grab handles. Purple. And uh, <laughs> who are our beloved Donald Trump, uh, who was voiced by the one and only Denver D1. Longtime fan of the show. We love that guy. It's season Trail one Tra- of <laughs> The <Yeah>. Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> the Trail Chasers prize package is going to go to him. Uh, <laughs> our beloved Brass Cats, Jim. He's going to get our NoCo uh, jump starter. And the winner of our remote start, the uh, the, uh, the remote start system by, uh, was it, Avatar? Yes. Is the one and only Cooper. He called in with a great voicemail, and we just had to give him a special prize. But what about Carlos? Oh, well, he's going to have to share with Carlos. There are two remotes, so they each get a button. They can fight over the rest later. I didn't know they cohabitated. That's interesting. That is very I'm, interesting. I'm not judging. It's, it's whatever you want to do, but I just I did not know that. And the rest of you who I sent a special message to during the live show is actually right after we concluded the, the show. I sent out a, uh, a live message, and those who got it were had some special instructions. And, uh, and those who followed those instructions are actually going to get some other stuff as well. And, uh, and I'm not going to get into all that, but you guys know who you are, and, uh, and you can be uh, looking forward to that here very, very soon. When Josh has a special message, he means that the, these were the folks that were watching the show live that were on jeeptalkshow.com and in our chat room. So he sent out a message, that special message in that chat room. And Yeah, the, don't think that I, I put something on social media. Let's uh, not get no. carried oh, away. Well, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that nobody was you know, like checking their pagers or anything, you know, like, uh, oh, my, yeah. where's my special message? But this is a good reason for you guys to join our live show. You never know. When Josh is going to do something special in chat. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's happened before. It will happen again. So all the more reason for you guys to join us each and every Thursday night, 10 p.m. Central over at JeepTalkShow.com. Well, that was fun. I hope you guys enjoy those things. And we'd love seeing pictures and uh, all kinds of uh, stuff that you did uh, with uh, with the goodies that we're going to be sending to you. And, uh, you know, don't feel bad uh, about uh, contacting Tammy and asking uh, where the stuff is. I haven't received it yet. Uh, when are you going to send it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to make her in charge of that. I can tell by the look on Tammy's face she's happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, we may end up putting a I'll call out to addresses. you. I think we've got just about everybody's address there may be a yeah. couple people in that list that uh, that i don't have an address for and if that's the case then we may reach out to you or uh, we may have to reach out to you publicly uh, uh to get that address sent in to us so yeah, well, uh stay tuned to the jeep talk show and uh we will uh, uh we'll let you guys know about that where do you listen to the jeep talk show what are you talking about man where do you listen to the jeep talk show i got no idea what the heck 
Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Well, absolutely. We love knowing where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show, and we'd love to have you call in to our voicemail and uh, let us know where you listen to the uh, Jeep Talk Show. And, you know, the more colorful, the better. That's uh, let's, see if I could, let's see if I can remember 530-675-4102. He got it the first try. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so if you didn't get that, rewind and listen to it again. So, uh, unfortunately, and we told you guys we were going to be doing this, we're going to be retiring one of our uh, popular, uh, segments because it just really wasn't all that popular. Uh, we enjoyed it. I like saying YouTube love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but we, we do want to encourage you guys to go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our Jeep talk show, YouTube channel. And you know, you get to see all these videos that we put together, uh, every week. So just go over to youtube.com slash Jeep talk show and hit that subscribe button and get your friends to do it hack their accounts we don't care what it takes get those subscriptions in and we appreciate each and every one and although that segment is coming to an end uh, we will continue to appreciate your guys' subscriptions and uh, we'll continue to call out for uh for you guys to do so every now and again so uh but in the meantime please make sure you guys are spreading the word we definitely could use a few more subscriptions. The Jeep Talk Show does, does not encourage or condone hacking of people's accounts. <laughs> <laughs> and now something I, we all, actually look forward to each and every week is hearing from the mind of Nikki G. Yes, ma'am. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And, uh, I got to apologize to you, Tammy. Uh, last week in my voicemail, I made fun of you for telling us to turn our clocks back mm-hmm. an hour, actually a week ahead of time. <laughs> and uh, today I'm out running errands, driving around. I look down, see what time it is. And, oh, man, I'm running late for work. So I stop what I do, what I'm doing. I come into work, and you guessed it. I forgot to set the clock in my truck back an hour. So I am now an hour early for work. Uh-oh. And it's horrible. My <laughs> nightmare has come true. All right. I'll uh, chat to you guys later. You have a good one. Bye. Just think of those poor people at work. <laughs> you were there an hour early. <laughs> He's here early. <laughs> see, see, Nikki, this is why you don't sleep in the Jeep. That That way... <laughs> You don't have to worry about the clock that's in the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I woke up, uh, geez, what was it, Saturday, Sunday morning? I forgot which one, and and uh, I forgot uh, Kylara had something to do. She had a girlfriend had something to, somewhere to go, someplace to be, and, and it's like, you know, oh, geez, you've only got a half hour to get ready. You know, you better hurry up and, <laughs> and all this stuff. So it's it's panic and flail and, and, and running around the house, chicken like its head cut off, all this stuff, and, and come to find out... Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Why does my cell phone say a different yes. time than what the clock does? God Crap. bless the cell phone. It's daylight savings time. 
So Monday when I got up, I uh, uh, I was surprised my alarm had not gone off. I woke up at uh, 6.44, a minute before my alarm is set to go off. So I went in and turned it off because I've I've cleverly set my phone for the alarm to go off at 7. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like a impromptu snooze. Uh, and uh, so I, I turned it off because I, I hadn't gone to sleep uh, uh, early enough. And I, I laid there. And I didn't wake up. Oh boy! I looked at the clock and it was seven forty-five. I overslept Yikes. an hour. Wow! So I, so I got up, got yeah. ready, grabbed my phone because I was going to send a text message to the boss saying, oh, no, sorry, I just overslept." And I looked at the time on the the cell phone. Now, mind you, I was out of the shower and ready to go. It was seven oh seven. I was on time to work that day, so. Fortunately, I didn't send a, a text message explaining I was going to be late only to show up on time. So it happens to the best of us. Nikki G happens to the best of us. Let's get to our nexus, uh, nexus, our next Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And on a 200th episode, uh, Donald Trump called in. <laughs> really? And I was amazed. <laughs> and I was even more amazed to find out that it, that it was Denver D. And so it got me thinking. Uh-oh. Denver D hates uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Donald Trump hates Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Denver D has an infatuation with uh, young supermodels. Uh huh. Donald Trump has an infatuation with young supermodels. He can afford them. And you never see Denver D and Donald Trump in the room together at the same time. <laughs> oh, he's right. Plus, I'm I, I'm guessing that the D in Denver D stands for Donald. <laughs> So I come to the conclusion that Denver D and Donald Trump are the same person. So uh, this fall, I'm going to vote for uh, Donald Trump, which is really Denver D. And I hope he wins because I can just see it now. The black suburban in a presidential motorcade will be replaced by red Jeeps. (laughs) The Rose Garden will be torn out and replaced with a rock garden. Yes. And finally, we'll have somebody in office with enough balls to bitch slap Whoopi Goldberg. All right, guys. So uh, this November, vote for Denver D. How much worse could he get? All right, guys. I'll chat you later. Have a good one. Bye. That's the perfect campaign campaign slogan. Vote for Denver D1. How much worse can it get? (laughs) And there'll be a Cherokee in every pot. And not that crappy 2014-2015 Cherokee either. Oh, Oh, great stuff. Great stuff. This has been... From the mind of Nikki G. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Reviews. We love them. We cannot get enough. You guys need to send us some reviews. Much like Al Gore and Happy Endings. You just can't get enough. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, did y'all hear that the uh, the polar cap is growing exponentially? <laughs> and Al Gore said it would be uh, they'd be gone by 2014. Oh, that poor bastard! Oh boy, yep. Hey guys, if you want to send us a review, you can do that through any number of avenues. You can do it on YouTube.com. Any one of our videos there, you guys can leave a comment there, and we can of course uh, find that and get that back onto the show. Facebook.com/slash Jeep Talk Show. You guys can always leave us a comment there. Make sure you are following us. And, of course, on the Twitter, at Jeep Talk Show, just make sure you include the hashtag, hashtag Jeep Talk Show. Of course, the way we love getting those reviews is on iTunes or 
Stitcher Radio. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. And those comments we will always read on the show. Now, we often like to talk about uh, the uh, what's going on at xjtalk.com, and uh, I've got some, some sad news to report. Oh, There is a post, and, and this is just tongue-in-cheek, and I've never understood what that means because I, I think that would tickle, uh, but uh, I, guess that, I guess that might make you laugh. Uh, I wonder how but, many uh, people put their tongue to their cheek. Yeah. What cheeks are we talking about here? <laughs> That's exactly. what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> is, there, is, there, right is there a bus stop involved or maybe a rest area? But anyway, I digress. So Denver D1, uh, I hate to start, I hate to pick on you, Denver. But Boy, he's uh, getting picked on tonight. Yeah. yeah, well, it's an interesting post. Uh, so Denver D1 uh, posted up a, uh, a post there on xgtalk.com called Renegade Trailhawk 2. And of course, he posts a very nice picture of a red Jeep. And uh, of course, this isn't the trail chicken. Uh, it is, uh, looks like a Grand Cherokee to me. But uh, he, uh, he puts on there diesel option with 420 foot pounds of torque. Man, that's almost enough to make you want to drive anything. Wow. <laughs> that has that this- much torque. Grand Cherokee Trailhawk 2, uh-huh. it's in a concept stage right now, but this essentially is, is the direction. So, you know, they made the, like the SRT Grand Cherokee that, right. that is just badass. Yes. It has the Hellcat engine, the launch button, all that stuff in it. Well, it looks like they took the street version aspect of all that and went strictly to the other end of the spectrum and made this thing an off-road beast. That's the way it should be. Indeed. This is one hell of a Grand Cherokee, and I really hope that Jeep takes uh, takes a cue from this podcast and puts this one to production. That is a Jeep in a lineup that will uh, definitely have some success. Yep, uh, Denver uh, D1 goes on to say, fits 35s out of the box, torquey motor, I kind of like he. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, me too. There is a ton of sweet pictures online. Uh, of the, and uh, of and the on xjtalk.com, and there is uh, quite a few posted up by uh, the, the number of people that have posted here. It's a hot and interesting post on xjtalk.com. Just uh, go over there and search for Renegade Trailhawk 2 or check our show notes out and uh, clicky clicky because Mikey likey. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's get over to uh, Cody and uh, the Grand Adventure. Cody is on Baby Watch. Everybody yeah, give uh, Cody some prayers uh, and uh, uh, <laughs> he's going to need them. Uh, and uh, uh, he is, uh, I think, the, what is it, uh, mid. Uh, mid-month, uh, Tammy, is that uh, you seem to remember that better than I do. He's got like a week, doesn't he? Yeah. A baker's week. Uh, baker's so week, yeah. <laughs> give, or, give or take. So uh, anyway, uh, thoughts and prayers for you, Cody. I'm sure everything will be fine. You'll have a, uh, a great time. And uh, just remember, keep those Grand Adventure segments coming. We've secretly replaced Cody's <laughs> kid with triplets. Let's find out what happens <laughs> next. <laughs> Oh, poor bastard. <laughs> All right, so let's get to uh, Cody's Grand Adventure, and you'll hear, hear a little uh, episode 200 talk here at the uh, at the beginning. Hey, guys, it's Cody with TrailChasers.net, and I just wanted to say congratulations on 200 episodes of the XJ Talk slash Jeep Talk Show. I really appreciate all the knowledge and entertainment you've provided over the that time, and I'm very, very grateful for the fact that you guys gave people like me an opportunity to step in and play a little bit. So for all of us that uh, listen to you every week when your show comes out, and for those of us that get to submit our little piece of the pie, we really, really appreciate it, and I look forward to 200 more episodes. Thanks, guys. Bye. 
on to the grand adventure. So over the Halloween weekend, all of my buddies went off-roading in the desert, with uh, left, which left me at home uh, playing with my junk, literally. <laughs> so I went to the junkyard um, on my WJ. The rear lock on the rear hatch didn't work. So when I locked the vehicle, the rear hatch was still unlocked. So rather than springing for a new one, I went to the local junkyard and pulled that back panel off and took out a new locking mechanism from the donor Jeep, brought it home and put it in. And uh, while I was there, I picked up a couple cross members for my roof rack and uh, did some quote unquote research on the dashboard. So my, my advice to you guys is if you haven't been to your local junkyard, uh, do it. Even if you're not looking for parts, uh, it's a good opportunity for you to practice on someone else's Jeep. So if you're thinking about taking the uh, radio bezel off of your, your vehicle because you want to install a new radio, go try that in, uh, in someone else's Jeep first so you know where the clips are and you know where to pry and where not to pry. Um, while I was at the junkyard, there's a couple panels on the WJ that I was thinking about replacing. And when I pulled the pieces apart at the junkyard, I, f I found that the panel that I wanted to place was actually riveted in. So it changes my thought process entirely on how I want to do that. Had I made the attempt to do that on my vehicle, I probably would have wrecked it. Some of the vehicle, well, anything, any Jeep since 1987 has some kind of plastic in it, whether it be the, the TJ Wrangler with that plastic dashboard all the way through the new um, Cherokees and Grand Cherokees. So those clips that hold that plastic kit together can be kind of sensitive. So go find a junkyard with one of your vehicles in it, pull some stuff apart, see what happens, break their stuff, not yours. So I guess the moral of the story is go play with your junk. <laughs> or somebody else's junk or junk in general. I'm not sure. You get the point. Go to the junkyard, tear some stuff up. Thanks for the time, guys. Do me a favor. Go follow us on the social media, uh, which is the Twitters at uh, Trail Chasers and the Instagrams at The Trail Chasers. We're trying to build our community in preparation for some other stuff we have coming at the end of the year, and we could really use your help in growing that, uh, that following base. Again, it's uh, trailchasers.net. You can get links to all of the social media or find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. And we'd like to thank uh, Cody and trailchasers.net for providing some of the uh, the swag that we uh, gave away for our voicemail, uh, 200th voicemail segment. Definitely. Indeed. Once again, Very guys, trailchasers.net. You heard Cody's call to action. That means you got to head over there right now and get those subscriptions in. He does need our help. And uh, guys, he has a new little bundle of joy right on the way. So if you guys want to, our voicemail lines are open. You guys can go oh, yeah. ahead and give us a call and uh, and give him a little congratulations. Give him some thanks for the uh, the great Grand Cherokee segments as well, because uh, very entertaining. Uh, and it's funny how the tongue in cheek worked right into the whole uh, play with your junk thing, isn't it? <laughs> really? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> no, but that is really good advice. Uh, if if you're tackling something that maybe like uh, putting in a slip yoke eliminator for the very first time, and you're really worried about cracking open a transfer case because you've never done it before, head to the junkyard, pull one out, set it on a wheel, and go to town. A lot better to practice on something that's not going to mess up your daily driver, and of course, give you the experience to uh, tackle that job that's ahead of you. Nobody will ever come by and say, "Hey, you gonna buy that?" <laughs> 
<laughs> no, let's hear looking. Thank you. <laughs> well, hey guys, we've uh, we've gotten a call from a lot of people um, asking for a little more tech, and and uh, we are happy to oblige. I love tech talk, and we're going to go ahead and introduce a new segment called Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. New segment we're doing to try out Jeepers, a place in the show where we're going to give you our perspective on some of the most frequently asked questions in the Jeep world. And of course, we encourage you guys to send in some of those questions. You can do that a number of ways. We've given out that voicemail. We've given out an email address for you as well, and we'll give those to you once again at the end of the show. Now, this week we have a couple uh, to start off with. Tammy? Yeah, the first one is for those with the JK or the JKUs, and they're facing a dilemma like I am right now of whether to relocate or modify, add um, a stronger skid plate to the EVAP purge canister, which hides behind the rectangular skid plate, which is right underneath um, in the center of the Jeep, right next to the drive line. Now, this little bit of EPA-mandated bullcrap was <laughs> placed with just in a, f- a few fingers' widths of the driveline slip yoke boot, making the boot very susceptible to tearing. You know, and there are so many options people are faced with. You know, do I beef up the with an aftermarket skid plate? Do I just leave it? Or should I find a better place for it? And, you know, I've gotten opinions on both sides. Um, you know, there's actually three different options. Just leave it alone, get the skid plate, or find a better place for it. So the easiest fix is to relocate the whole assembly over about 15 millimeters. And that's the current space in between the two bolts that secures that end uh, of the, uh, the EVAP uh, canister housing uh, to the, to the cross mirror, the frame rail. And it's easy to, it's easy, real easy. Just measure, drill one hole and rebolt the thing in. This moves the low hanging fruit well out of reach of even the most movement prone of drive lines. But this doesn't address the fact that it's still one of the things that could easily get hung up on a protruding rock or when traversing that breakover point. So if you find yourself in that sort of terrain, beefing up the skid plate may not be a bad idea. Of course, there are options here for that road if you wish, or you can always go the homebrew method and fab something up yourself. This may be as simple simple as welding up a piece of plate steel to the bottom of the existing skid plate to strengthen it up. There are companies out there that offer relocation kits, which actually tuck it up higher into the uh, into the frame rails and, and get it way out of the way of things. And that's the direction that I would recommend. Now, it, it gets things out of the way of, uh, you know, higher rocks and stuff like that. But again, guys, this is all just a matter of what kind of terrain you find yourself wheeling on the most. If you rarely ever go wheeling, maybe once or twice a year, if that, and you rarely ever find yourself on the rocks, well, relocation may not be the best thing for you. Maybe just a simple mod and moving that thing over would be good enough for you. You find yourself on a a lot of uh, heavy trails and find yourself in the rocks often, well, maybe relocating that up higher would be the best route. Or if you got some fab skills, go ahead and and, uh, weld on a little something for you. Um, Another question common in the Jeep world is, how big of tires can I get under my Jeep? And this particular question was asked of us all the way from Sweden by Justin Lantham. He said, hey, guys, I have a question. I live in Switzerland where the rules are pretty strong. I just bought a white 1998 Jeep XJ 4.0 liter about a month ago. Now I would like to give it a little lift. But since everything is over two two feet is legal in Switzerland, I'm pretty much limited to that. Two inches, not two feet. (laughs) Two feet would be good. I know. Now my question is, what size of tires can I get under the rig without cutting anything as well as if I cut them 
for the Bushwhacker Fender Fairs. Cheers, Justin. Well, in Justin's case, with a 98 XJ and being limited to just two inches of lift, because anything over that's going to be illegal, well, without cutting, he's likely going to be limited to just 30-inch tires at best without doing any trimming at all. And with some fender, with some clever fender trimming, he might even be able to get some 31s under there. Of course, articulation is going to have to be limited. This is done by limiting the upward travel of the suspension with extended bump stops. This is basically going to stop the suspension from going up any further than it normally would. Now, these are available through companies like Daystar, four-wheel parts, etc., and they're relatively inexpensive, and especially when using our click-through link to Amazon, which is www.jeeptalkshow.com Amazon. Now, Justin, if you do want to run 31s on a two-inch lift, you'll plain and simply have to do some trimming. Now, this would include not only the fender trim, but maybe the fenders themselves. This would, of course, apply to both front and rear fender wells. Trimming the fenders is relatively easy, Justin, but you need to do what you need to watch out for are the pinch welds. You can only trim and go up so high before the, the welds that hold the two layers of metal together would end up separating and, well, you're going to end up opening a big can of worms there that you plain and simply do not want to deal with. And, of course, the washer fluid bottle on the driver's side is another thing you want to watch out for. When cutting into that fender on the late model Cherokees, that, that uh, washer bottle is right there inside the fender well, and you're going to have to watch out for it. So make sure you are aware of that. Cutting and folding of the rear quarter panel may also be something to consider. Doing a quick search for cut and fold rear quarter on Google will get you all kinds of great write-ups for that, as well as some tips for cutting your fenders. Good luck, Justin. I hope you are able to get your, your Cherokee up in the air a little bit and get the kind of tires and the size of tires that you want under your Jeep to make it your own. And now we got some time here for Jeep Mama. So everybody knows you need to shut up and listen to Jeep Mama. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up and so shut up. You don't shut up. Nah, shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. So Tony and Josh, you know, a couple weekends ago, I went um, off-roading at um, Roush Creek, and they had two events on the weekend. So I spent the whole weekend up there. I was so excited. Um, it was the Rock the Clock with Disconnected Off-Road, and it was Women's Wheeling Day on Sunday. and there were so many terrific people. It was amazing, and I had some really good times. Um, there's just so much to tell you, but I'm going to start off with the third annual Women's Wheeling Day. Um, over 100 women came out to wheel. Um, some of them were in their boyfriend's Jeeps or their husband's Jeeps. Some of them were in their own Jeeps. And I was one of three women picked to drive the Clayton Off-Road Jeep. Woo! I was so excited to have this opportunity to wheel this lifted Jeep on the trails. And I don't know if anyone has seen the pictures of this Jeep. We have posted all over my social media sites. But this Jeep is a red Jeep, and it had the Clayton Pro Series 3-link long arm lift kit, which is top-of-the-line lift kit. Um, Raceline wheels, RT232L Monsters, um, 17 by 8.5 bolt pattern, 5 by 5. It had the Nitto Trail Grappler tires. They were 37s. The Curie JK Anti-Rock Front Sway Bar Kit with steel frame brackets and the rear sway bar kit. It had the Dana Front Pro Rock 44 with ARB lockers and 5.38 gears. It had RCV axle shafts. It had the stock rear Dana axle with ARB lockers, 35 
SP line axle shafts and the stock Rubicon four to one transfer case, genuine aluminum bumpers, tube fenders, and steel rocker guards. Woo! That was one <laughs> awesome Jeep. Anyway, so the three women, we took turns driving. Well, Clayton Walters, yep, the man behind Clayton Off Road, he was in the back seat. Um, so we were all really stoked to be taking this big red Jeep out for a spin on the trails of Rouse Creek. So as all the women started lining up their Jeeps, I got a little disappointed because the Clayton Jeep was lined up with all these Jeeps behind it. And it was supposed to be, I thought we were supposed to be hitting the bigger, tougher trails. But the Jeeps behind the Clayton Jeep, some of them were stock Jeeps. And I found out we were guiding the green trails, which if you know Roush Creek, it goes green are the easy, which is what I do in my stock Jeep. And then the blues, the reds, and the blacks and the reds. So anyway, I was like really kind of bummed. I'm like, I don't want to be driving green trails in this lifted Jeep. So anyway, you know, I just sucked it up and I went with it. And um, just to let you know, of the three women, I was the only one to have a stock Jeep. So this experience for me was really new. And so when it was my turn to drive the Clayton Jeep, Jeep I started driving it like it was my stock Jeep. And I'm sure Clayton was sitting in the back going, what? <laughs> Why are you being so damn slow and cautious? Which I didn't need to be, um, you know, because his Jeep is a lifted, high-performing Jeep. And I know his level of patience was growing really thin, but you know what? He took it in stride. He was awesome giving us instruction, and he was very patient. And, you know, I was really amazed. I don't know how many men out there can have the tolerance of letting three women drive their Jeep, but he was fabulous. So anyway, Tony and Josh, he also had to endure some goofy Jeep Mama moments, like their CB radio we had in the Jeep had a little clothespin to the little the microphone, the little mic that you talk into to clip on to the vent of the of the Jeep. So the lady who was trail guiding, she goes, Hey Tammy, can you get on the the microphone and tell the give some instruction to the people, the Jeeps behind us? So I grab the microphone and I flick the clothespin and I start talking into the mic. And Clayton's like, um, I think you need to key the mic, not push the clothespin. Um, so that was pretty funny. And then I kept asking him, you know, are the tires underneath the hood latch, which I know they are, but when you have 37s, I wasn't sure anything was different. And then, um, I kept asking him when he was spotting me, are my wheels straight? Are my wheels straight? So he had to deal with some pretty blonde Jeep mama moments. But anyway, so after being on the green trails for a while, I think his um, patience was wearing a little thin. I think he really wanted us to show. And the reason he brought his Jeep yeah. out there was to show us what his Jeep could do. So he finally, we were driving by and he's like, I know this is a black truck because he used to race Jeeps out at Roush Creek and he was like some big time winner. Anyway, so he re remembered this one trail. And so he got, um, he said, we're going to go up here. And But we had to get some other Jeeps to go with us because we're not supposed to go by ourselves. So I talked some of the men into getting into the driver's seat and the women were okay with that. So we went on to this black trail and I was so excited. And he spotted me, um, but I got out and walked the trail first. And I'm like, this is not a trail. This is just a bunch of rocks on a ledge. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's a trail. 
Um, so as he's guiding me along at my first serious attempt at rock crawling, um, I was it was so fabulous. I can't even begin to describe it. But he was on the driver's side trying to guide me through, and I was kind of getting nervous because as I'd go over the rocks, the Jeep would slip a little bit. And you can kind of see it in the video that I have on my YouTube channel. But anyway, at about three minutes and 33 seconds into this video, I just finally said, Clayton, you've got to move. I cannot, I'm going to hit you. And he didn't give me any grief. And he, you know, very nicely moved to the other side. And then I was able to relax and not worry about running him over. Because, geez, that's all I needed to do was run over Clayton. God. The woman who <laughs> killed Clayton. I know. Yeah, that'd I know, been, right? Oh, my God. That'd have been horrible. But anyway. Boy, the publicity he, for the show, though. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, but he guided me through the black trail at Roush Creek called Outer Limits. Um, it was very, it was a very intense ride. But, you know, I did not feel nervous like I I'm nervous in my stock Jeep on those green trails. I don't know if it was because this wasn't my Jeep or because this Jeep was so fabulous. Um, and looking back on it, I, you know, I was pretty easy for me. Um, it's kind of like running a hot knife through butter. That's how it felt driving this Jeep over these rocks. Um, even though we didn't get to spend the whole day on the black trails, I am so grateful for the experience to drive a lifted Jeep, this amazing Jeep. The bad part of it all, it wasn't enough for me. I <laughs> well, want of course not. more. Bit by I the want bug. bigger and better trails. Yep, yep. Um, and plus, it's going to be hard. I haven't wheeled in my stock Jeep since this. Um, and this also just clarifies that I for sure am going to lift my Jeep and get bigger tires. Not as big <laughs> as the Clayton Jeep, but I am definitely going to do it. Now, that was on Saturday, so I drove up on Friday, and then Friday I got up there about 1 in the afternoon, and I was able to wheel my Jeep, my black Rubicon, with a group from New Jersey. Now, I was a little nervous because I, I never met these guys. All I know is from them on a forum. But you know what? Like everybody in the Jeep community, they were awesome, and they were so welcoming. Even though I was a stock Jeep, and they were all pretty much lifted, and they were so patient. But you know what, Tony and Josh, these boys don't mess around. Right off the bat, they took me to the blue trails, and we headed from the blue trails to the blacks and reds. And you know, you hear, you, I hear this all the time, your Rubicon is so much more capable than you know. It's very capable. And I hear this all the time, and you know what, it's so true. So as we pulled up to this first blue trail, I'm thinking, oh my God, there's no way I am going to make it over these rocks. One of the guys got out, he spotted me through the trail, and you know, guess what? I had no problem making my way through the trails. I had great spotters, and once I realized, and I know this, but once you really realize how capable your Jeep is, and that you as a driver just need to gain the confidence, it's, you know, they're Jeeps. Um, anyway, I had several good spotters on the trail throughout the day, however... I know if you guys have listened to my, any of my videos, um, after wheeling with me, I think I, these, dry, these spotters deserve an award. And I think I might start getting stickers that say, I survived wheeling with Jeep Mama. <laughs> um, I tend to be very slow and cautious wheeler constantly. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because uh, <laughs> I'm worried about damaging my Jeep. But they were patient and very tolerant of my wheeling. They were encouraging me, and they were so helpful through the difficult parts. 
Anyway, you can check out, I have another video on YouTube. It's called Wheeling with Disconnected Off-Road. And you can get a glimpse of what my spotters went through. But the other awesome thing about this Wheeling trip is we headed to the Black and Red Trails. Now, this trip wasn't just me sitting in my Jeep wheeling on the trails. Because of the Black and Red Trails, I couldn't take my Jeep on it. So I got to go get out, walk up on the rocks, and watch these guys crawl over these rocks, which I've never got to see this in person. I've oh. always watched it on videos, on YouTube and stuff. And it was so cool and it was so intense just to stand above the rocks and watch these guys just crawl. Some of them were like just barreling through these obstacles. I just was so fascinated with this. And um, it was also really cool because I've never seen this in person. But one of the guys got hooked up on a rock and he they got to get the winch out. And they're like, okay, who has a tree saver? And they're all standing around looking at each other. Oh, I don't, I don't. And I'm like, I have a tree saver. And they all looked oh, nice. at me and they're like, you have a tree saver? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I do. But anyway, my Jeep was a little walk away. And some other guy says, well, I have one too. But anyway, they were all kind of shocked that I had a tree saver. But anyway, um, it was really cool to watch him winch himself up over the rocks because, you know, I've. Like I said, I haven't ever seen this in person. And, you know, off-roading isn't just about you sitting in your Jeep, rolling over the trails, but it's experiencing at all levels, being a driver, a spotter, and watching other Jeepers do obstacles that you may not want to do. And I had the best time with these guys from New Jersey. I got to experience some things that I've watched on YouTube, and I cannot wait to wheel again. And then um, Sunday, unfortunately, I didn't get to wheel because I was going to wheel with the New Jersey guys. But a lot of them on Saturday while I was wheeling with the women, they were wheeling with them, you know, with their little group. And a lot of them broke their Jeeps. And so they didn't get to, um, they weren't going to go out on any of the trails. So I just headed home a little early. But the other cool thing Saturday evening is I got to participate in a real campfire side chat. I hung out with Clayton from Clayton Off Road, and two guys who are friends of his. They are with the Rockhound Racing um, and a female racer, Cora. She's also president of Torque Master Industries, which is also, I'm guessing, Aussie Lockers. And hearing their racing stories were so cool. And um, I just, I never knew that that stuff went around. So anyway, I had the best weekend ever. And I am so excited to do it again. And I keep bugging Clayton. When do I get to drive your Jeep again? Oh, so, mm-hmm. I know. He's mm-hmm. probably going to get really annoyed with me. <laughs> but he's a really great guy. Super awesome. So, and all those people are out at SEMA right now, as a matter of fact. So when you tell your, your family this story, who none of them went with you, um, you don't tell them it was the best weekend you ever had. You, you say, it was okay. I wish you guys were there, right? No, I tell him it was the best weekend I ever had. Because <laughs> you know how, Josh, how you were um, last week recording episode 200 and your smile and your cheeks? That's how yep. I was for three days. I've, I've been there. Uh, one of my first weekend long wheeling trips. God, this is ages ago, ages ago, but I still remember it. It was just one of the most awesome events that I've ever been at because... I was around so many Jeepers, all with, you know, same kind of mindset and everything. And everybody was just so cool. 
And I was just like, I'm, I'm just so glad to be a part yeah. of, of this, like, you know, this, this Jeep world It is just, it's just so awesome. And, and, you know, three days of wheeling and camping and, and stuff like that. Absolutely remarkable. And, and I, I've, I just love doing that kind of stuff. So when I get, I get to hear somebody's genuine enthusiasm of them experiencing this kind of stuff and some of experiencing some of it for the first time, right. <laughs> it just takes me back a little bit. And, and yeah. I, I, I'm just, just kind of set back. It's, it's awesome, Tammy. I couldn't be happier for you. Glad you had a chance to experience all that. Yeah, I can't wait Jesus, to are you sure? Are you uh-huh. <laughs> On the PA, all day long. (laughs) That was me. (laughs) Greetings and sandpaper. Uh, Sounds pretty. Salutations, maybe? (laughs) Well, Super Croc uh, always changes it up, so (laughs) I figured we'd do a little changing up, too. So I've got some sad news to report. Um, A fellow Jeeper is no more. Oh. He uh, contacted me on Facebook today. And this is uh, the Jeeper I'm referring to, or the former Jeeper, is Ed Vanderpass. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly because it's foreign. Uh, this is uh, our XGTalk.com's first international member. He's in the Netherlands, and he had a nice, uh, would, I, would it be fair to say Woody, the wood panel? Jeep Cherokee. Oh, yeah. No, I remember this one. Yep. And uh, he actually had to replace that wood panel on the side because it was a bit worn. And Ed would take his American-made vehicle to American car get-togethers there in the Netherlands. And he would uh, post pictures up on xjtalk.com. Well, he contacted me on Facebook chat today, and he says, Dear Tony, after nine years, it was time to say goodbye to my XJ. Still proud I was the first overseas member at XJ Talk. And I, I responded with, oh no. <laughs> he says, if you need help after this, shocking news, I suggest we go see Dr. Phil. Okay. So uh, there is a post and you can find him just by doing a search on Facebook for Ed Van Der Pass. Four words, names, and uh, the last name is P-A-S. Go over there, and uh, you will have to hit the translate button uh, <laughs> because it's in that Netherlandese. Uh, but uh, I'll uh, I'll just tell you real quick. He says, uh, and this is a translation. After nine years, I have renounced my Jeep Cherokee. I can't believe "renounced" is a proper translation. It just sounds biblical. Uh, I'm going instead uh, of booze and knickknacks to the car show, germaniums, grow nice cuttings, and so not. I don't, I don't understand it. Don't worry about it. Uh, it was a car that uh, I had the longest in my possession, and uh, we had lots of beautiful miles in American car meetings. Uh, had warmed his heart. So he, uh, he had this vehicle for nine years, and he reported to me today that uh, it is going to a better home. It's going to a good home, and if you see the picture on Facebook, uh, it is actually on a, uh, a trailer being uh, towed behind another vehicle. So it's not even going to get extra miles put on it when it uh, goes to its new home. So, Ed, I'll tell you like I told you in the post. You'll be sorry. You're going to wish you had kept that. All right, well, moving on to something that I find a little more uh, pleasing to report. Um, I think I told everybody that I broke my... Um, one of my sway bar uh, disconnects, the bolt just completely sheared off. 
So I was driving around uh, swaying this way and that way uh, in those turns and uh, got, a, got a little used to driving without the uh, sway bar connected up. It's not so bad, um, but it's a little scary at first when you see that nose go over uh, a lot further than what it normally does. But it, I never rolled it, but I, I didn't take those turns like I normally do. Uh, anyway, after I hooked it back up, and uh, of course the reason why it broke was it wasn't adjusted properly. Uh, I was able to get, get them on, but uh, I was surprised that they were, gosh, I must have had, had to adjust uh, one of them down a good inch. So oh, wow. there was a lot of pressure being put on those uh, sway bar disconnects, and of course that's not what they're there for. They're not there to hold the axle up, <laughs> just to keep it from drooping down one side or the other. So I adjusted it, uh, got another bolt, uh, got that bolt out of there, put another bolt in, adjust, put it back on, adjusted it. And the ride is so much smoother. <laughs> I bet. I had no idea that there would be any kind of uh, correlation behind the the vibrations that were being transmitted uh, into the body of the, the of the body of the Jeep. And I don't still don't fully understand it unless it has to do with the drive line vibrating yeah. the, the axle. No, it has to do more with uh, with the way the suspension is loaded up because if you if that sway bar was an inch short or an inch long one corner was either being sucked down or, or pushed up and, and so you had two corners over your jeep that were always under a load of suspension either either in an unload or a, or a, or a loading situation and and so any kind any kind of vibration is going to be immediately transferred uh, through the through the rest of the suspension system. Uh, without kind of having a little bit of a of a buffer. Well, you know, I had mentioned that uh, I think I'd actually asked people on the show uh, if they were uh, had this same uh, same type of problem, but with my AC on at at at, uh, at a stop sign, I would or a light, I would get a lot of vibration, and after uh, adjusting the uh, sway bar disconnect, I would say at least fifty percent of that AC vibration is gone. Really? That's what I'm telling you, man. I don't understand that it. That is weird. See, uh, engine vibration, typically you'd feel that more with your motor mounts and stuff like yeah. that, especially those who have, have switched over to to uh, polyurethane-style motor mounts. You're definitely going to get more more transmission of, of engine vibrations through the mount into the body and, and obviously where you can feel it. Uh, but to have an adjustment to the sway bar alter the way you feel at idle vibrations that's just that doesn't make sense. I, it didn't to me either. I've been trying to mull <laughs> that over I'm, I'm reaching. And, I'm reaching for yeah, trying to find a correlation. And, and I'm like, I, I gave it a week, a week and a half, or whatever it was before I even mentioned it because I want to make sure that there wasn't some other thing going your on. Your wife that, wasn't sneaking crack into your spaghetti again. Or exactly. <laughs> it tasted wonderful, and, and I never could get yeah, enough. Right. Uh, but uh, so anyway, uh, th that's well, good news. Yeah. So it's uh, it's much nicer, and a wheel probably will fall off tomorrow because of Murphy's Law. Oh, Knock on wood. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. No. Yeah. Well, I've got some work slated for this weekend myself. I'll be uh, finishing off my rear main seal uh, swap finally. Already? Well, yeah. It's only been work under progress for I don't know what better part of six months. So have you put <laughs> the have you put the top seal in yet? No, no, I haven't. Uh, right now, I've just got the oil pan off and that support girdle um, off to where I can get to that that lower bearing cap, uh, right. and and so that's that's next. I'm I'm right there. Everything is off, cleaned up, drained, ready to go. So um, that'll what? be uh, just popping that old one out, pushing the new one in, and I'll be good to go. And you've never done What's it before, a right? What's the seal? 
rear main seal. It's uh, it's basically the the at the rear of the engine uh, where it connects up to the transmission. Uh, that at that point is is the rear main seal. It's the main seal of the rear of the engine. Keeps the oil and, from flowing out uh, from the crankshaft uh, into and the flywheel. Why are you? Because it was um, leaking or something? Yeah, it, it's leaking. It's very uh, it, common. It's common on on uh, on Jeeps with a four liter inline six engine that the rear main seal tends to go out a little after a hundred thousand miles. Gets uh, hard I, and brittle and doesn't seal uh, very well. And so mine, no exception. Uh, and it and first it started off just a little after a hundred thousand miles, uh, hundred and fifty or so, um, just with just a little bit of a seep. And now I'm at like two hundred and thirty, two hundred fifty thousand miles, and uh, and it's definitely it's definitely leaking. I mean, it's certainly not the kind of uh, uh, of oil leaks that we've seen from some of Tony's videos that he's posted. <laughs> it's not a stream. It doesn't leave a giant spot in the driveway, but. There's a lot of oil on the undercarriage, and, and I'm just done with oil leaks. Sure. So it's getting handled. So you've never done one before, right? Not on, not on this Jeep, no. I, oh, I've okay, done, you have before. Yeah, on I've, I've done them before. So you know how easy it is. It, 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 it's a little... It's uh, not hard, yeah. No, it's, it, 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 it seems a little, uh, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm going in the innards of the, of the, the vehicle here, but take your time, don't scratch the journal. It's, it's really easy. And, uh, and I've, there's, there's some tips and tricks that I can give you guys along the way. And I kind of wish I would have brought the other half of my, uh, of my show and tell, but you guys aren't going to get a chance to see this video anyways. But one of the other things I'm going to be tackling, uh, this weekend is going to be, uh, my throttle body install. Now this, this has been a long time coming. Uh, this is a throttle body that I got donated from the one and only Dean Murray. You guys can check him out on YouTube. Please subscribe to his channel. And uh, he is a he is a fellow Jeeper who uh, had some extra parts laying around and had the uh, generosity to send me one, uh, send me an, an older uh, throttle body that was stock for my boring project. So I bored out the throttle body, um, decided I wanted to go a little bit bigger than I had before. Uh, so I ended up making a new butterfly valve and uh, and boring this thing out to to 62 millimeters and uh, and end up having myself a brand. Well, it's not new. It's certainly reconditioned now. I'm just holding this uh, throttle body up now for uh, for my co-hosts more than anything. Uh, I don't know if you can see that, guys, but there's a new butterfly vin- butterfly valve inside this throttle body that has some custom engraving on it. I actually took the Jeep logo uh, in a vector format file, transposed it into my uh, drafting program, and put that onto the part that I had designed. And uh, it's nobody's ever going to see that. It's just for me. Mm-hmm. It's just for my little peace of mind and. And uh, if anybody uh, ever gets this Jeep after me, well, they're going to have uh, a little some a little a little Easter egg in there, if you will. They will be so, on the forums trying to find out where they this? can. No, they will think it came from Jeep that way. Oh yeah, and they will right. not ever be able to get an answer. People will will it'll be it'll be a <laughs> phantom, uh, one of those uh, long stories that are uh, in the annals of Jeep uh, folklore. Many many years in the future, two hundred years from now, they'll be talking about that. So to go along with that is uh, something that a lot of people are going to give me grief for, but I frankly don't care. It's more for <laughs> looks than for anything, and that is a bore match throttle body spacer to go along with that. Now, I bored this one out to 63 or 64 millimeters. It was bigger than the throttle body uh, because I didn't really want to bother with an exact match because I knew that if it shifted over just slightly, um, I'd probably end up with some whistle or oh, some turbulence yeah. or something. So basically, I just matched the diameter of the intake port on the actual intake manifold itself 
so that the intake manifold uh, opening and the opening of the throttle body spacer are bore matched. That's more important to me. It's bigger than the throttle body itself. It will sit over the throttle body or sit underneath the throttle body and the smaller opening of the throttle body um, will feed right into that larger chasm and more airflow, more horsepower. Oh, 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 I cannot wait. My Jeep might start over for the first time since August and I'm excited. Very cool. Now, do you guys just like, are you guys born with this knowledge on knowing how to do this stuff? Uh, I've always been technically, mechanically inclined. Uh, I've just had a knack for it. I've I've been a gearhead my entire life. I've been a Jeep fan my entire life. And uh, it's just, it's sort of, it's it's hobby. It's, it's you... That and a and a desperate need to not want to pay other people to work on your vehicles, <laughs> and, that, and that's really where it came from. Is is learning how to do my own maintenance stemmed into learning how to do my own repairs stemmed into learning how to do my own modifications stemmed into learning how to fabricate, etc., etc., etc. And so one begets the other, and you do it your entire life, and you kind of yeah. get a hang for this sort of stuff. A lot of it comes second nature. Uh, especially those people like myself who just have a disposition to things that are mechanical and vehicle related. I, I would say my story is, is much the same as uh, as Josh, except I'm just inclined and uh, cheap. So that's why I uh, <laughs> that's why I, I have to get up off my I, ass and work on stuff. I think I would be afraid that God, what if you screw something up? This is like you, that's a learning expensive. experience. You would be surprised how simple the, the entire thing is. It is really, really simple. The, the hardest part is uh, the things you have to learn is you, you thread uh, bolts in by hand before you put a wrench on it to get them started so you don't cross-thread something. Uh, you don't do it so tight that you break it off. And torque the specs. Yeah, well, I don't ever torque the specs. I, I, I think that's only important in the engine. Uh, I, I know people will, uh, will say no, but that, that's the way I do things, and it's been working for a long number of years. And, uh, well, I do, I do torque the, the wheel, uh, the nuts on the wheel because you can warp a rotor pretty easy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, you'd be really surprised how easy it is. Hmm. So nothing going on with you, Tammy. I guess it's all downhill no. from, uh, the, the Clayton run. No, actually the big brown Santa came to my house the other day. Oh, what'd you get? Yeah. What'd you get? I actually, um, you know, cause I wrote that, uh, and what do you call it? The guide, installation guide, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, I wrote that installation guide for that third rear brake light that I did for oh, yeah. extreme terrain. Right. And because they accepted it, which they haven't posted on the website yet, which I don't know why. But anyway, they gave me a $140 coupon to spend at extreme oh, terrain. I'm wow. like, oh, what should I buy? So I decided to buy an oil pan transmission skid plate. So that is sitting in my garage floor right now. But the only problem is, I because of my back issues, I am not supposed to lift anything. And do I want to wait till my back gets better to put the skid plate on, or <laughs> do I want to get the skid plate on right now? And I'm not very patient, so oh, I actually boy. found a dad in the neighborhood. He's a dad of one of my um, my younger son's friends, and he like knows he can rebuild cars. He's a welder. And he's rebuilding his daughter's Jeep. Oh, so perfect. So he is going to help me. I mean, it's, it's 
something that I could put on easily. It's just, you know, you put in some bolts and you I don't have to remove anything, but it's just having to lift it. And I, you know, I could ask my husband to do it, but, you know, I found a, a fellow Jeep lover and I'm going to have my first ever wrenching party. Work and party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those so are he's going to help me put it on and then I'm going to see what he says about my um, EVAP canister. You know, should I... Re- you know, move it or should I, anyway, so it'll be, it'll be fun. I'm not sure when we're going to do it. We have to work around, you know, soccer games and Cub Scouts and, you know, cause our sons are in the same grade. So, but I'm really excited. It's, um, the more, um, mountain off road, I believe is what it is. Yeah. M O R E road equipment or yeah. Can't remember. oil pan transmission skid plate. And that's actually what everyone says should be the next thing. If you're, for underneath my Jeep is that the EVAP canister and then the gas tank. Um, the gas tank already has a stock skid plate, but a lot of people um, buy an aftermarket one because the stock one is not very, it's not the greatest and an, it will dent up into it. And instead of a 22 gallon tank, you might end up oh, with a 20 this, gallon tank. This skid plate, the more off-road skid plate looks far beefier. Yeah. Yeah. That See, right is, now I have nothing. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, this is that, that's great. That'll be a great addition. I always encourage people to add armor because, uh, you know, driver skill, wheel size, all that stuff doesn't account for that little piece of moss that you missed on that rock and you slide off your line. You need armor, <laughs> plain and simple. That's all there is to it. Right. So that's, that's my next thing. Put that on. Cool. Oh, cool. So, and that's that's it for me. Well, now let's get to some wheeling wear. And I, I you know, sadly, uh, I think we're a little bit shy on wheeling wear. We'd like to hear from you people. That's right, guys. Uh, the show season and and uh, and the big club runs and stuff have kind of come to an end around the around the nation. But I know that a lot of you out there are gearing up for the charity side of things as we roll into the holidays. Things like toy drives and coat drives and and stuff like that. Well, if you have one of those going on in your local off-road club, well, let's get the word out, guys. These are good causes here, and we can help you out. Spread the word. Send an email to uh, info at jeeptalkshow.com, and we will get your guys' charitable event out on our show to the masses. Don't forget, Jeep Junkies, wherever you guys are wheeling, you pack it in, pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. That's it for this week, guys. If you got an event coming up in your area, let's get the word out. Whether it's a show and shine, cruise in a club run fundraiser, or a huge event like the Easter Jeep Safari, let us know by giving us a call or sending us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. We know you guys are all out there making purchases all the time. We see it on our Amazon You Bought What segment. Next time you guys order your Jeep parts, ask the business if they know about the Jeep Talk Show. Let them know just how much you enjoy our podcast. If you're buying a product or a service from a vendor because of a review or a discussion you heard here on the show, let that vendor know. And if they don't already know about the show, be sure and tell them about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Hey, don't forget to let us know where you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. We want to hear about it. Uh, we don't care how sick and disgusting it is. Well, Tammy does, but Josh and I just giggle endlessly. Absolutely. <laughs> so, hey, 
Don't forget to send us those reviews as well, folks. Oh, yeah. We need the reviews. We love the reviews because that lets us know how we're doing, how we're performing for you. Because this is a service. We have fun doing it. But if you guys weren't there, we wouldn't be here. So it's very important that we hear from you, whether it be uh, where you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show or uh, this is a review about how you're enjoying the show or even that construct- constructive criticism telling us what we need to change, like more tech on the show, which we're going to try to do here in the uh, post 200 episode world. That's right. If you, you guys like the show, make sure you guys are spreading the word. Of course, you, we definitely can use those subscriptions as well. Make sure you guys head over to youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. And if you guys want to support the show, you can always use a little extra support to help keep the lights on and help keep that good tech content coming to you guys. Make sure you use our click-through link to Amazon. If you guys are doing some online shopping, make sure you head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Take you straight to Amazon where any purchase you make, Amazon has agreed to give us a small little kickback. Great way to support your favorite off-road, off-road talk show. And it doesn't cost you a damn thing. <laughs> you still right. get the not great product. Red cent more. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope, not a cent more. Hey, we love hearing from you guys on uh, the Twitter, just uh, at Jeep Talk Show. Uh, remember to listen to us on Stitcher Radio, tuned in, uh, and iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. And don't forget to check us on, out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. You guys have a great Jeep week. Happy trails. Warning, the Jeep Talk Show is intended for entertainment purposes only. Use as directed. Any relation to actual information, real Jeeps, or persons living or dead are purely coincidental. The Jeep Talk Show is not responsible for lost or stolen items, and some assembly is required. For a full list of restrictions and contest rules, see store for details. Batteries not included. The Jeep Talk Show is for external use only. Contents under pressure. Side effects may include vertigo, uncontrollable laughter, or greasy discharge, and false kung fu powers. The Jeep Talk Show and its contents are known to cause cancer in the state of California. It is probably not a federal law to use this product in a manner inconsistent with its labeling. The Jeep Talk Show may be a choking hazard. Keep out of reach of small children. All safety precautions must be observed when using the Jeep Talk Show. If you feel you've reached this recording in error, please hang up and try your call again. Greasy Discharge.